That's right, ladies and gentlemen. It is Commissioner Cooper and all systems a go tonight. We are in Houston and we might have had a problem last year, but there's no problems this year, right, guys? It's time for TSS Fantasy. <laughs> Rock and it's gonna work for me. And you just got planned. That's what it is. This court is adjourned. It is Commissioner Cooper. Welcome to Sophistication Station. I'm here to save the fantasy roster. And it's time for TSS Fantasy! Sit back, relax, let yourself go. We are in Houston to talk some fantasy and some NFL football. Hope we're all excited tonight. Justin is frozen in excitement. Let's get. Oh, oh, he scared me. Let's get it started. Welcome into the studio. (laughs) He was so serious, though. He was. So he's like, wait a minute. Let's welcome into the studio first the judge, the Jordan Thomas. Welcome into the studio. Uh, Glad to be here. Uh, Sorry, we don't get to talk about the superior Texas team tonight, but we'll talk about our little brothers, the Houston Texans. Let's go. Oh boy, I know our guests are seething right now to bring come in and bring some noise. So that's awesome. We're bringing our A game tonight. Go to tssfantasy.com. Look at all of our latest and greatest rankings. They're still from a couple weeks ago. My bad. I got to get things updated because things are a changing as always. So make sure you go check those out. Also, go visit our sponsors. Go to Underdog Fantasy. Use the promo code TSS. Double that deposit up to $100. Jazz Sportsbook as well. Lots of great offers. Use our promo code TSS for that as well. And also Pro-Am Belts. Go check them out today. If you're looking for some great bling for your fantasy championship, go to Pro-Am Belts. All right, hopefully we'll get Jesus back when it's time. But for now, Jordan, I'm going to bid you adieu, my friend, because we're going to bring in the doc for the house call. Let's let's hear it from the doc. The stars at night are big and bright here in the heart of Texas. We're with Houston. What's going on with the house call, Doc? Hey there, let's get started with Damian Pierce. So he played in only 13 games last season after the high ankle sprain in week 14, essentially ended his rookie season. Up to that point, however, he did have some solid performances. Now the story is he was able to come back for the season finale, but the organization didn't want to risk his health for what was amounting to a meaningless game. So the high ankle sprain didn't necessarily need to shut his season down. All that to say, the ankle's looking good at OTAs. And with rookie quarterback C.J. Stroud and the limited talent at wide receiver in Houston, it's very possible that early in the season, Pierce gets a lot of touches. Accordingly, he's going to be a workhorse for him. We're going to say 80% of the bench for Damian Pierce. 
Moving on to Robert Woods. So his best playing days may very well be behind him, but he is consistently on the field, averaging over 14 games per regular season. A lot of respect for him because a torn ACL in November, November of 2021, had him back. He was back to playing every regular season game in 2022. So his production is going to be predicated upon the development of their rookie quarterback, but his consistency and his return from that ACL injury are encouraging. We're going to go 20% of the bench. And lastly, Nico Collins. He's averaging only 12 games a season over his brief two-year career, yet somehow Draftyard Sharks still gives him a 5 out of 5 max durability rating with only a 1% chance of injury per game. Nico Collins, we're going to go 15% to the bench. All righty. Well, you heard it here first. We'll see you tomorrow, Doc. We will be in Indianapolis. All right. That's it from the Doc. Very interesting news on this Houston Texans. We got some guests to bring in. Let's bring in Matt Briggs and Eric Romoff. Let's talk about these Houston Texans. Our next stop on our summer tour, we get ready for launch in Houston. Houston All Systems are a go for the Houston Texans. Welcome into the studio, gentlemen. First, we'll welcome in Matt. Matt's been a frequent guest on our show. Appreciate you coming in, Matt. Appreciate you today. Appreciate it. Appreciate it. Much love. Yes, sir. Absolutely. Good seeing. So, like, you know, seeing fam again after, you know, no new season. And now we got a new friend, Eric, the fantasy. Is it Navigator? Is that what it's short for or just the fantasy nav? Yeah, nav short for Navigator. Nice. Love it. All right. Well, welcome in, my friend. Appreciate you being here. Yeah, happy to be here. It's always a uh, it's rare occasion where I get to bump into any other Texan supporters out in the world. So now I get an hour to to chop it up with some of the best in the business. Hey, we gotta stick together, right? And there's time of need, right? You know, if, <laughs> if, if, if we can survive Deshaun Watson, we can survive anything. <laughs> yeah. I, I will say this um, for the Texans. You know, I'm a Miami Dolphins season ticket holder, and every single time. You, we play you. There is a big Texan following down here in Miami. I don't know what it is, but it's pretty, it surprises me every time. I'm like, wow, they have a nice little um, following. So the fans at least are loyal, my friend. How about that? All right, well, let's talk about last season. Oof, this is going to be a tough one tonight on our summer tour. The Texans finished 3-13-1, dead last in the AFC South. Let's talk about the offensive stats. Points per game, um, 17th average. So you guys were 30th in the league. Um, yards per game, 283.5. That was at, also at 30th. Passing yards per game, 196.7. So 25th in the league. Rush yards per game kind of surprised me, 86.8. That was 31st in the league. Defensively, points per game. 24.7, uh, that made you 27th in the league. Yards against, 37.95, which is 30th. Here was the fun anomaly for you guys last year. Passing yards per game, 209.3. You guys were 10th in the league. We talked about it every week on our show, how surprising it was. We were like, well, you don't respect the Texans, but man, they shut. it seemed like they shut down every QB, but it maybe it was just because we talked about it on the show. They just got up early and started to run because rush yards per game last year, 170.2. You guys were dead last in the league against the run. So let's talk about last year. Matt, I'll just go to you first. 
Just give me three words or less what you what you sum up last season and then expand on that. Uh, let's see. Pamp Hamilton trash can. Uh, play play calls was horrendous. Uh, you bring in Jeff Driscoll and Davis Mills and do the dual quarterback. It's just dumb. Like uh, I know Jordan's a big Cowboys fan, but we could have won that game if we just stuck to the game plan and not do the dual uh, threat. So I'm glad we got Pepe Hamilton out there. Uh, and I, I hope you don't bring up any receipts, but I'm glad we got Davis Mills out there as well. <laughs> I love it. I love it. All right, Eric, what do you say? Three words or less, sum up Texans last year, um, and then expand on it. Oh, man. Um, I'm going to go with screw you, Lovey. Uh, Lovey Ooh, Smith like like giving us a big finger on his way out the door. I mean, look, I, I can't necessarily begrudge the man because he was hired to be fired, and that's not a, an admirable position for anyone to be in. But the way in which he screwed this franchise on the way outdoor is of legendary proportions, right? Well, you know, I'm, I'm sure we'll talk about the draft. We spent a pretty penny, not only drafting from two, but moving back up to three for in that first overall pick. I think we're actually in the spot where we're gaining draft assets. We don't have it because lovey and to a lesser extent, Davis mills saw the writing on the wall and decided to go out with a bang, give us a nice middle finger by winning the last game of the season. Yeah, you know, it's funny, like, you know, we're doing these shows, and you, I, you know, it's NFL season was a while back, and if it's not your team, man, I totally forgot about that. That is so awkward. <laughs> what a great, lovey, I love you, man. That was just, it was just kind of funny. Like I said, I know I'd stick it to you guys, so I'm not laughing at you, but man, I mean, what a, what a, I don't know. I don't want to say an honorable thing to do, but he was just like, you know what? I'm going to get a little tired of this. I'm going to stick yeah. it to y'all, so yeah. I, I mean, it, was a, it was a total YOLO move, right? Like. <laughs> He, he knew where this was going. There's no reason to, you know, try to try to maintain any relationships there. I mean, it, you're right. It it does hurt as a Texans fan, but it's perfectly fair to to laugh at us because it is the most quintessential Texans series of outcomes to happen, right? Like the Texans they, they, are the franchise. This would happen to. And they they fired him before he even got on the plane. They're like, yeah, you're done. He barely made it off the field. Yeah. They're like, nope, we'll see you. Yeah. All right. Well, to be fair, Eric, since you are a guest, I'm laughing with you, not at you. All right. Let's be fair. Sure. <laughs> All right. Well, listen, we talked about what was. Let's talk about what is. Right. So marquee additions in the offseason. We talked with the doc. Robert Woods is brought in. Dalton Schultz at the tight end position. Not too shabby there. Um, other than that, offensively, not a whole lot um, as far as free agent off offensive like weapons. You did, did bring in Shaquille Mason, um, right guard. So that solids that lineup just a little bit. Now, you did lose Brandon Cooks. I know he was a little bit frustrated out the door last year. Um, Chris Moore also, he was a little surprised last year uh, sometimes if you're you know, a fantasy player, obviously. Philip Dorsett um, also uh, out the door, so which I didn't even know he was there or whatever. All right, let's talk about the draft, and you were just talking about that. Obviously, your number one pick um, was C.J. Stroud from Ohio State, so big pick up there. Um, another pick, um, number one, I got in round one here, is, uh, the, uh, excuse me, Will Anderson from Alabama, the edge rusher um, as well. You got in round two, Juice Scruggs from Penn State, the center. Round three, you got Tank Dell, Houston, or excuse me, from Houston, the wide receiver. Uh, round four, edge, uh, edge rusher Dylan Horton from TCU. 
round five. Henry, is this Tohoto from Alabama? I don't even know if I'm saying that right for a linebacker. Uh, you got center Jarrett Patterson from Notre Dame. Um, receiver Xavier Hutchinson from Ohio State. And round seven, safety Brandon Hill from Pittsburgh. Hope I didn't screw all of those names up. Let's go to you first, Eric, on this one. What do you think about this season? What is going, what's going to be what is? What's the prediction you got for Houston? How do you think this outcome goes for you guys this year? Well, the uh, the good thing about being in the basement is there's almost nowhere to go but up, right? So I do think we're in a position to, uh, you know, to take a step forward, both from a, a statistical standpoint, right? Like we we are very likely to win more than three games. But also, you know, don't look now. Like this Texans roster is kind of starting to to take shape, right? I mean, basically ever since we, we, we ran Jack Easterby out the door, this front office has done a pretty good job at, identifying talent at maximizing their draft capital, which was very limited for a very long time. Thanks in part to your beloved Miami dolphins. And now, I mean, if, if these guys that have a high pedigree all hit, we're looking at a team that has a potential franchise quarterback in Stroud. We've got a franchise left tackle in Tunsil. Stingley, I think is a legitimate franchise cornerback. And we've added an edge piece in Will Anderson at safety, we've we've got Petrie, who had a fantastic rookie season. We also bring in Ward from San Francisco. He follows over D'Amico Ryan. So, kind of the kind of the cornerstone building block pieces of a competitive roster all kind of feel like they're coming into place, right? So, I do think that you know, from a talent standpoint, we're also on the upswing, and then we have the benefit of playing in the AFC South, which year over year basically a game or a half a game over 500 is competitive to win this division. Now I do think we'll find Trevor Lawrence and the Jaguars continue their, their upward swing as well. But you look at teams like Tennessee and and like Indianapolis and they're kind of in a transitionary state, right? So I think we might be able to pick up some of those wins that were losses last year in the division. So ultimately an improved season on the whole, but I, I mean, I doubt we end up flirting with 500 even. All righty, let's go to Matt. What do you say, my friend? What do you think about this season? Uh, I, yeah, Eric, I mean, real close, right? Because uh, the big thing is D'Amico Ryan's. Like, we got the coach that everybody wanted. I mean, every team that needed a coach wanted D'Amico Ryan's, and we got that guy. And Bobby Slowick uh, from the San Francisco uh, offensive scheme, love it. Zone blocking is going to improve uh, this line. Um, Kenyon Green, who was pretty bad last year, I think is going to improve because just because of blocking. Uh, but yeah, CJ Stroud is way better than Davis Mills already, and he hasn't hit the field, so I, I'm excited about that. Um, I, I think the defensive backfield is going to be top 10 uh, in the whole NFL. I mean, uh, Derek Singley, uh, Nelson had a great year last year, and then like you said, Brandon Jimmy Ward, um. Yeah, it's a building season. I say six to seven wins. Um, like he, like Eric said, we're playing the AFC South, so that's probably second place. Um, and, and also, what we got in favor is we play the other horrible division in the league, the NFC South. So that might be a poor, easy wins. Who knows? Um, so yeah, it, it, right now it's just a building. Um, we all can you know disagree, but I think the free agent market wasn't that great this year. 
So you just got little key pieces that you need for the bigger splash next year. Plus, you're going to have more money, especially with the uh, extensions of Tunzel and um, Malik Collins. You get more money. So you get more money to build and let, let D'Amico Ryan do work. Like it, it took Kyle Sanhain, what, three years to build what he did in San Francisco? So just let him work. Um, hopefully Nick is here for it if he's not. So be it. It's all about D'Amico Ryan's right now. So. Yeah, I don't know what the uh, capital is or the cap space for the Texans, but you certainly do have DeAndre Hopkins still out there. You know, you could add a weapon for C.J. Stroud to, to grow with, um, you know, at least for a couple, two or three years anyway. Um, so, I mean, there are some, I think, ways you guys can make a bit of a difference. But, I, you know, I heard that as it's, you know, as he started to become available and all of a sudden that kind of drowned out. I didn't hear anything else about DeAndre Hopkins anymore. So unfortunately not on your radar, but again, as you mentioned, you guys are building up and I think you do, obviously I think you'll be a little bit better than last season. Your schedule, like you mentioned, will help you in that as well, in that quest as well. So it should be interesting for sure. All right. Well, we got all serious to start with and, you know, we're talking, I don't hope I didn't impress anybody talking about last year, my bad, (laughs) you know, I like, to keep it light on our show and have a good time so let i know you guys are buddy buddy but now you guys are gonna go mano y mano we're gonna play fantasy quiz show texans edition and basically how this works is just like family feud i'm gonna ask a question you guys will both shout out the answer as soon and whoever says the highest one first will get the get to control the round now if you both say an answer um, or you both get to say an answer and whoever gets the highest does get control now you do you got you'll have three strikes to close out the round if you can't finish it it'll go on to the next guy to see if he can steal it anyway all right i probably messed up all the instructions but trust me it'll be fun let's get it started it's fantasy quiz show texans edition there seems to be no sign of intelligence. It's the Fantasy Quiz Show. Uh, Justin Jefferson. Justin Jefferson. It's going to be a long game. <laughs> Won't be a long game tonight because we got Texans experts in the building. Let's get it started off the bat. I like to throw, you know, ease you into it. So this is like an easy layup for you both. We got top five answers on the board. Here is your question. And all time Texans history. I'm looking for your past TD leaders. Owen Daniels. Owen Daniels? Oh, I thought you were receiving All good, Matt. All good, my friend. That's all good. That was the first round. That's why I said we got to ease you into it. So, Eric, you get control of this round. Matt Schaub is number one with 124. So, you got number one answer. You got two, three, four, and five. What else you got? Deshaun Watson. Deshaun Watson. Rubbing my back all day, 104 TDs for Deshaun. All right, Eric, what else you got? Man, this is where it gets a little dicey. Um, I will go, let's go with Ryan Fitzpatrick. Ryan Fitzy Magic? Not on the board. I love the, I love the Fitzy reference, though. 
Man, we've had so many journeymen come through here. Is uh is is Brock Osweiler on this board? Brock Osweiler. Ooh, hey, there's a lot of meat still left, Eric. You gotta get a little nibble here. You got three, four, and five still left. Well, I guess I guess I gotta go with the the original Texans quarterback, David Carr. David Carr. He is number three, 59. All right, you got four and five. You only got one strike left. Number three is 59. Mm -hmm. uh, um, <laughs> is Davis Mills one of them? He Davis, Mills. Yeah, Davis Mills. Davis Mills is wow. number four with 30. Three, you are missing number five on this list. Um, okay, it's 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 one of our random journeyman quarterbacks. I already said Fitzy. Um, let's go with a uh, recent return, Case Keenum. Case Keenum. Stop it. Get some help. Okay, Matt, you can steal. Not a lot here, though. You got to get number five on this list. I, I got to go with the infamous Sage the Copper, Sage Rosenfeld. From oh, America's God. team, the Miami Dolphins, Sage Rosenfeld. <laughs> yes. Great job, Matt. Great job. 24. TDs for Sage Rosenfels on the Houston Texans. Wow. If you don't know, now you know. Great round for both of you. Let's get round two started. Top five answers on the board. I'm going to make this. I'm going to go ahead with the tough questions that I normally wait. I'm going to do it right now because it's mono e mono. I'm going, I'm going winning percentage, all right? And this is all-time Texans history. So I wanted to, I, there's top five answers on the board. I want to know the teams that you have the best winning percentage against. Jacksonville. So first I heard the Bears. And then I heard the Jaguars. Eric, you got it again. The Jacksonville Jaguars actually are number five on this list. You guys are 28 and 14 all time, a 667 winning percentage. Okay, my friend. Actually, actually, that yes. is wrong on my part. The Bears was number four. Oh, they were. Okay. That's a judge. I, I just looked at that answer too. And I was like, wait a minute. All right. So you're right, Eric. Or excuse me, Matt, you got um, the Bears are number four. They're four and two um, on this list as well. So, Matt, you got you actually will have control of this round. The judge fucked it up. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, that was my bad. For, <laughs> was my bad for not noticing, too. Though, my bad. All right. You got control, Matt. You got uh, two or excuse me, three more answers left. Oh, man. He already said the Jaguars. Let's go. Let's go with your Dolphins. I the America's team, the Miami
the judge thinks he's funny back there. All right. So the Dolphins are number three. You guys are eight and three all time against the Dolphins. 727 winning percentage. All right. Number one and number two are actually tied. So either way, uh, you're good on this one. Go ahead. What do you got? I, I want to say they were so bad for so long. I want to say Tampa Bay Buccaneers. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Bucks are you guys are four and one all time against the Bucks and eight hundred. About to be five and one this year, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all right, you got one. The number one answer. Well, it's number one or number two, whatever you want to call it. Left and no strikes. Um, let's go with the black hole, the Raiders. The Raiders. Oh wow! Okay. Mm. <laughs> uh, oh, this team has been garbage. Let's go with Detroit. Detroit Lions. Detroit Lions were also four and one all time against them with an 800 winning percentage. All right. Well, you got two, two rounds here. Eric, you got to come out swinging for this one. All right. We're going to go top five answers. I'm sorry. Let me take that back. I'm going to go to the screen. Top eight answers on the board for this one. This is going to be interesting. I'm going to stick with that winning percentage theme, though, but I want to know on the other end, what are the teams you have the worst winning percentage against? Colts. The Indianapolis Colts. Wow. Okay. The Patriots. (laughs) New England Patriots. (laughs) <laughs> Eric, or excuse me, Matt, back to you. <laughs> Man, um, let's go to the Giants. The New York Giants. Giants are number three on this list. You are one in five all time against the Giants. It's 100, 167 winning percentage. All right, go ahead, my friend. You got control of this round. Oh, Go right ahead. We're waiting on it. Um, uh, I I don't think we've beaten the Eagles, so I'm going to say Eagles. I think we lost to the Eagles every time. Fly, Eagles, fly. You guys are 0-6 all time. They are number one on this list. Wow, they own you. All right, what else you got? Uh, Let's Baltimore's always been great. Baltimore. The Ravens. Ravens are number five, or excuse me, number four on this list. Two and nine. You guys are all all time against the Ravens. All right, who else you got? Mm, Let's go with the Niners. The Niners. Oh, I, I thought the judge was going to give us the yeah, that's it one for that one. All right, so one and four all time. So the reason why there's a top eight on there, 
five, six, seven, and eight are all tied with the same record. Um, and set, so they happen to fall at number seven, uh, the 49ers at one and four. All right, what else you got? Um, I doubt this is right. The Vikings, the Minnesota Vikings. Wow. I think Matt, I think uh, Matt's, Matt must have studied before tonight. Vikings. That was a, a curveball. Like, yeah, that was crazy. Well, the uh, Vikings, you guys also have never beaten. You are 0 and 5 against the Vikings all time. So they are number two on this list. All right. So you're missing number five, six, and eight on this list. Let's go, Dallas Cowboys. The Cowboys. All right, still some meat left, and you got one strike left. Uh, the Rams. The Rams. They they fall under that one and four category with the rest of them. They fall under number six all time. So you got so, number five and eight left. The Packers. The Packers. <laughs> What for all time? All right, you got one left. All right, let's see if you get that one. Oh, the, the Steelers. Come on, it got to be easy. The Steelers. Man. Eric, boy, I mean, you don't have a lot of meat on this at all. This is like a little nibble you can take. It's all you need, though. To get a little nibble, extend this game for you. Teams you have Man, the worst this... winning percentage against. So we've run through all the teams that I have fond memories of just getting dump trucked by. I actually thought it was the Steelers. Um, trying right. to think who's left. So we went Eagles are number one, Vikings are two, Giants were three, Ravens were four, um, six was the Rams, seven was the Niners, and eight was the Packers. Um, hmm. we haven't played them much, but I, I know I've seen us lose a couple of times to the Seattle Seahawks. That's all <laughs> the Seattle Seahawks. I love it. Great job, Eric. Wow. Pulls it out. Seahawks were also out somewhere. Tied. <laughs> also tied at one and four. You guys close. Listen, we never have anyone close those two rounds out. So great job, guys. All right, let's go. So you're all, Eric, you're only down one. It's two to one. We're going to go top five answers on the board. Here is your question. All time Texans history. I'm looking for your rush TD leaders. Aaron Foster. Arian Foster. He is numero uno on the list with 54. All right, Matt, you control. What else you got? Um, let's go uh, Lamar Miller. Lamar Miller. 13, 13 for Lamar. He is number four on the list. Um, 
This guy, I, I, I don't know which one you're going to take. It, it, he was Dominic Davis when he ran for the Texans, but I think he changed his name to Williams or something like that. Dominic, that's what we have him down as Williams. Dominic Williams. I was like, when I saw it on the list, I was like, who the hell is that? I don't remember that. So 23 TDs. He's number two all time in Texans history. All right, you're missing, you're missing three and five. Three and five. Now, is it just running backs or all period? It's just rush TD leaders. That dude, Steve Slayton. Steve Slayton. Steve all Slayton, right. number five with 12. So you're missing number three. Uh, number three. Let's do the big train, Ron Dane. Big train, Ron Dane. I forgot. I forgot he played for you guys. <laughs> I, I loved it. I loved it. Uh, ben Tate. Ben Tate. Okay. No. Okay. It, 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 it can't be. It, it has to be the masseuse himself. It's Deshaun Watson. Yeah. Deshaun Watson for the. You nailed it there. You asked it earlier. Deshaun Watson is number three on this list with 17. Great job. Great game. I mean, pulling some stuff out of your behinds tonight. Gotta love it. If you don't know about Houston Texans history, you sure know now. Matt, congratulations, my friend. You are tonight's winner. <laughs> my bad, Judge. Go ahead. <laughs> All right. Well, Eric, unfortunately, um, on our show, when we have a winner, we do have a loser. So you're telling me there's a chance. Great game by our guests tonight. Appreciate you both playing along. We got, look like VT is in the back room too. So I'm going to let you two at least plug yourselves. We'll bring VT in for the fantasy focus. And then, of course, you guys can stick around. Matt, at first, let everyone know where they can follow, subscribe, get all your great content. Uh, yeah, you can find me, A1 Day 1 Texans. Uh, you can also find me and VT on the Texans Fan Battle Podcast and on the AFC South Fan Battle where I uh, chalk trash to the Colts, Jaguars, and Titans fans, even though we are trash. So, you know, tra trash knows trash. So, yeah, follow, follow me out. All right. Well, if you like trash. There, there you go. That's all there is in AFC South. So. Eric, where can we follow, subscribe, get all your great content, my friend? Yeah, so all of it rolls up to my Twitter handle, which is at FantasyNav. I always fail this part of the test where I try to point at it. Yep, I did it again. Uh, at FantasyNav on Twitter, all of it is there. Um, I contribute for DrRoto.com. I contribute for FootballDieHards.com. I also co-founded Green Screens Media. We cover a ton of college basketball. So if you're looking to 
maybe hear about the guys getting drafted to the NBA tonight, you can check out Green Screens Media on YouTube. We are interviewing coaches, former players, beat reporters, covering slates pretty much all throughout the season and talking about the game all throughout the offseason. So check it out if you're into some college hoops. Yeah, awesome. I mean, like you said, I mean, you got to want to learn about who your team drafted tonight. Go yeah. on over to Green Screen Media. I love it. Go follow, subscribe, get all their great content. You guys are more than welcome to stick around. I please wish you do. We're going to hit the commercial. We come back. We're going to do our fantasy focus. Fantasy Sports Corp and Underdog Fantasy have teamed up to start your fantasy season off in the win column with Best Ball. What is Best Ball? It's quite simply the easiest way to win. No team management. No trades, no waivers. It's their biggest contest ever and it has only gotten bigger. You simply have to sit and win. You don't even have to set your lineup. Always get your best score every week. Just enter a contest, draft your team, and Underdog will do the rest. What could make this even better? How about free money? Up to $100 using our exclusive promo code. Go online now and use the promo code TSS to double your deposit up to $100. You tell them Gingerbread sent you. Good girl. All right, Gingerbread. Well, I hope you're ready to look. Oh, we got we got a new guy in the building. BT, better late than never. Welcome into the building, my friend. What's going on, guys? Sorry I had another show and it went quite long. Nice. Don't worry. You know, all I got to say is fuck that other show. All right, let's get it on. Let's get our fantasy focus on. Unfortunately, as I joked with our guests tonight, I don't know how long this segment will last. No, I'm just kidding, guys. All right, so CJ Stroud, you know we start with the QB position. Right now, I got him ranked 24th. Let's just be real. I don't know what's going to happen here with CJ Stroud. He may he does have that great um, running ability. He can throw the football, but who is he throwing it to? That's going to be a big question. Um, you know, we'll get to Dalton Schultz. I kind of like him in this offense because who does a – rookie QB like and a running QB especially is a tight end uh, long story short I want to get too long-winded because we got a lot of people in the building tonight but the fact is I wouldn't be in dynasty I'm definitely looking hard long and strong at CJ Stroud but in redraft he's definitely not on my radar for sure Justin we'll start with you since you were in the back my friend what do you say yeah he's a running quarterback who really hasn't ran um yeah, sure, we, we can assume that he's got some wheels on him. But really, his claim to fame is being the best pocket passer in this draft. Now, that's going to do you nothing when you have nothing around you to pass to. So that's going to be his hindrance in this one. I got him at 27 for redraft. I like him in Dynasty, but it's really hard to go out and buy this guy right now in any type of format. I don't care if it's best ball, redraft, Dynasty, I mean, it's, it, until the Texans really put the investment into their team on the offensive end, it's going to be hard to go with Stroud or roll with Stroud this year. Judge Jordan, what do you say, sir? I mean, I'm kind of with both of you guys. I have him dead even with you, Coop, at 24. I'm really not trying to invest in the quarterback position of this offense. If anything, I think Stroud's the guy uh, who might catch, you know, fire somewhere in the middle of the season that might, you know, be a great waiver wire pickup. I'm avoiding him in all draft formats outside of Dynasty, obviously. I literally was about to say that, we, you know, because we had just talked about that, you know, 
prior um, when we were talking about the Texan season is schedule. So, um, you know, you could definitely see a point where C.J. Stroud catches fire at some point. It could be that big waiver wire darling. Everyone's like, damn it, why didn't I select C.J. Stroud? All right, BT, let's go to you, my friend. What do you say? Yeah, I think Dynasty is where you want to pick him up. Um, and when you ask the question, who is he go- going to? Well, in camp, we know that he's really targeting Nico Collins a lot. So he's been successful in that 30, 40 yard, yarders. And Nico Collins, he's been injured the last two years. So that's really the problem with him. However, if he stays healthy, he really himself, he could be a pickup. Honestly, he's a dark horse receiver there. But as far as CJ Stroud is concerned, it's Dynasty and then Raver Wire. I would not pick him up otherwise um, because – you, let's also remember, you got two question marks of the offensive line, and C.J. Stroud does suffer under pressure right now. He has a 70% completion rate when the pocket's clean, and he's about 40% when he's under pressure. That's going to be a problem his first year. Now, second year is different, but it's the first year, that's what you got to worry about. So I wouldn't pick him up right now. Uh, I love how you bring in some camp news already with the Nico Collins early hookup. Got to love that news. That's why we bring our special guest in for that kind of stuff. Love it. Eric, what do you say, my friend? Where do you got him at? Navigate us. So thus far, it sounds like I'm the most bullish on CJ Stroud, but not by much. I've got him number 20 in my fantasy rankings. So, you know, for me, Dynasty is obviously the the format where I prefer him. I mean, best ball, I don't mind taking, you know, a, a late round flyer on him. Uh, obviously, if we're talking about super flex or two quarterback leagues, he's definitely in the pool. I, I believe he's going to have the job the entirety of the season. But I, I think what VT was getting to with some of that camp news about Nico Collins really starting to separate himself from this core of wide receivers, the Texans and CJ Stroud might not have a ton of marquee names in their wide receiver room, but they do have a lot of talented guys, right? So it's going to be a headache to try to figure out which of these wide receivers emerges over the course of the season. But I do think Stroud has a pretty good number of options to, in terms of who to distribute the ball to. So he's someone to keep an eye on. Like we said to this point, if he gets hot, I do think he's a priority pickup, but for now, super flex and dynasty only. Matt, what do you say, my friend? Yeah, I'm going to have to agree with Eric. Um, I, I have to say 20. Uh, I'm, I'll draft him for uh, the bye week if your quarterback's on the bye, have him for the, uh, you know, have him on the bench. Uh, my, I've been saying this all year long uh, since we started the podcast. Scheming fixes everything. And that Kyle Shanahan scheme, it fits well, especially with rookie quarterbacks. The last time a rookie quarterback, uh, the most accurate college quarterback, Went to uh, a uh, Kyle Sahan scheme was Robert Griffin. I'm not saying he's going to be Robert Griffin. But I'm just saying that, you know, there, there's some hype to it. So uh, I say he's going to be about the 20th ranked uh, fan. All right. I like it. I like it. All right. Well, let's go to the running back position. And this is where, like, I would say the meat and potatoes is on this Houston roster. Damian Pierce, they definitely. Houston, you know, we're talking about, I know Justin said about investing in this offense. Well, they struck gold in the draft for sure with Damian Pierce. Um, You know, he was fifth in rushing um, up until week 10. He did end up playing, of course, America's team 
um, and we had a pretty decent rush D and Washington both um, and kind of struggled within those two weeks. But after that, played decent against Dallas and then, of course, the injury. So Damian Pierce overall had a great season and a subpar offense. Now, again, you got a little bit of excitement with C.J. Shroud, who's also going to bring a run threat element. Now, you mentioned his pass. At least it'll be better than what you had last season. So Damian Pierce, for me, I got him ranked 14th. And I like him a lot going into the season. Um, we talked about schedule, all that kind of good stuff. So everything to me means good things for Damian Pierce. What do you say, Jordan? Man, I, I feel like you uh, took my rankings or something because I'm I'm right there with you. I got Damian Pierce right at 14 as well. And I feel like I'm higher on him than most. And I feel like it's because I caught him last year and he just kicked all kinds of ass for me. This is the one player in this offense that I'm relatively excited about. And with how my team is structured, this is a running back that very well could end up being my RB1 in a hero RB type, um, you know, format. So I'm all about some Damian Pierce, and I think he is absolutely in that fringe RB1 range. So the only drawback to Damian Pierce, if there's some pros and some cons, the only con would be, of course, the we entered Devin Singletary into the mix of this backfield. So does he eat into Damian's carries? That remains to be seen. Justin, what say you, my friend, after you swig the beer? <laughs> I, I had to get the, the bad taste of your fucking takes out of my mouth. <laughs> it, dude. I had to get it off my brain. You got him at 14? 14. You fucking great? Four. Speak truth, Justin. Speak it. Speak the truth. That's a proper spot for him. He belongs in the in the running back two category, but I would not be like thinking – uh, if I'm going to get him, he's going to be my hero RB. That's a little bit too insane for my taste. And I'm in, I'm supposed to be the insane one on this fucking podcast. But it, uh, wait, 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 wait a minute. Hold on a second. Let's go back a second. Let me just go back one second. Does, does ranking a running back 14th mean I'm saying he's going to be my hero running back? What no, you didn't listen to Jordan. Right? You didn't. Oh, what I'm saying is, if I'm taking yeah. a gamble on a running back in that round three, round four range, I'm I'm gonna grab Damian Pierce and then shoot at the crap table for my RB two the rest of the season. All right, and all I'm saying is Jameer Gibbs, Brees Hall, Tony Pollard, all these guys I would rather have as my hero RB than Damian Pierce. That being said, Damian Pierce, fair. He's a good running back. I liked him coming out as a rookie. He had an amazing yards created rate last year. He was averaging about 2.6 yards created on his own because his own line is shit. And I do agree with what the Texans fans were or Texans experts were talking about when they were talking about how this new zone offense is going to do wonders for the Texans because it's going to open up lanes for Damian Pierce to not have to be like creating a ton of yards after contact because he's not going to see contact for the first four yards. So he's going to be already scrambling down four yards, and he's just going to have to run into a safety. And guess what? Damian Pierce versus the safety, I'll take Damian Pierce, you know, just about at least 75 times out of 100. You know, if you get a hard-hitting safety coming down, maybe not. But Damian Pierce is a freaking beast. I just do not like this offense right now. I do not want to put anybody in the top 10, top 12 region. It's just this offense. No offense, guys. It, it fucking disgusts me. Wow. So <laughs> please tell us how you really feel. We got guests here, man. Come on, Eric. We'll start with you on this one. What do you What do you think of the running back situation? 
so I guess I'll um I'll split the difference. I've got him as my running back nineteen overall. So you know, well into the heart of that RB two territory. I mean, for for Damian Pierce, you know, last season it was it was really a, a volume play, right? He only played thirteen games, but he had almost a seventy five percent opportunity share out of that backfield. And at least logically, I would hope this is the case. It's hard to find a competent and contributing NFL caliber running back that late in drafts. We've managed to do the hard thing. I think the front office is going to recognize that. The coaching staff is going to recognize that and continue to feed this young man the ball. Your point about Devin Singletary is fair. I think Devin Singletary comes in much more as a change of pace, kind of satellite pass catching back. And looking at Damian Pierce, he only had about 40 targets over the course of that 13 game. So maybe he seeds some of that pass catching work and an extra series here or there to Devin Singletary. But ultimately, I think the presence of Devin Singletary works to hurt Damian Pierce's ADP more than it does his actual on-field production. So while I have him at 19, he's still a pretty significant value for me relative to where he's being drafted around the middle of the fifth round. All right, I love it. Matt, what say you? Uh, I guess I'm the uh, senile one. I, I got him number 12. And could break number 10. Yes. Uh, you know, BT's breaking the uh, offseason news. I'll break some too. He's looking great in the passing game. So uh, add that to uh, his stats in the, in the West Coast. Brings a lot of passing uh, to the running back position. And Justin, you're, it looks like you're a Niners fan. So you should notice <laughs> that scheme is going to fit him well. Um, we got Zach Mason who is a, one of the greatest run blocker uh, guard in the league. Uh, so that's going to help him. And Eric's right. I, I think Devin Singletary helps him uh, where he doesn't get hurt. Uh, and no more Rex Burkhead. Thank God. So, yeah, I, I, I got him number 12. So, Matt, Justin text, ch- texted me on the side, and he wanted me to ask you a question uh, after your last take. No, I mean, look, he, he, like, <laughs> like you said, he, he was top five before he got hurt. Just have, we're just having fun with you. We're well, just having I know, fun I'm with just, you. I know. I'm just saying, he's only get better, right? If that was his rookie year. And yeah. if he sells healthy. I agree with you. I got, Like I said, I got Man. him 14. I think, I think keep, even keep smoking the hopium. I'm all for it. <laughs> I'm all for it hey. to see a 49er scheme work out. I'm all for it. Hey, I'm down for the Houston Niners. You know that? I'm all right with it. Oh, yeah. <laughs> all right, let's go to the Beach Niners. We got the Texas Niners over here. Right, right. <laughs> all right, let's go to VT. has been patiently waiting. What do you say about the running game, my friend? Yeah, so let me justify the 14th, 15th uh, selection here. One thing you got to remember about last year is that Damian Pierce was actually on track to get 1,400 yards before – uh, before our OC, who went crazy and probably smoked a ton of crack, decided to have a two-quarterback XFL-style system here. When we played Cleveland, he said, you know what? Even though we're five yards out, I'm going to pass three times. I'm not going to run that in. That's that's too easy. I want to take the hard way out. We actually have uh, Bobby Slowick, who's going to actually be what I hope is a real offensive coordinator and not someone pretending to be an offensive coordinator, which means that Damian Pierce is going to run in a lot more touchdowns than he did last year. Secondly, he had almost 80% or 85% of his yards were after contact. So regardless of the questions on the offensive line, he's going to get his yards. 
I have his floor at 1,200 yards this year. And that's, uh, yes, I'm talking, you know, if he stays healthy. But the reason why that's so high is because they will be taking the pressure off of C.J. Stroud and running that ball. Yes, I know Devin Singletary is there. But Devin Singletary is really going to be there in the passing game more than he is going to be in, in on the ground. So I wouldn't be too concerned about um, is, da- is Damian Pierce losing touches. He's going to get at least 20 carries a game. That, that's that's not going to change. You're going to just see Singletary taking the Rex Burkhead carries. So, so you know, when those dump downs on the on third down and stuff like that, that's when you're going to see him He's in the passing game. On the ground, Pierce all day long is going to be a 1,200-yard-plus Yes, I'm going to justify your 14th to 15th selection. That does make sense. And that may be smoking a little bit of weed, but not too much. I love when we bring in guests who, who back up my point. I love it. Absolutely. You're welcome anytime, VT. All right, let's go to the receiver position here. And listen, I'm going to make my analysis real quick because this is the one area where I'm like, eh, Robert Woods. Now, listen, I love Bobby Trees. Always have. He's always shown up. But last season, I just kept investing, and it just nothing. I don't know what went on. Uh, we'll see what what uh, what he comes out to this year. But he just might be a little too long in a tooth at this point. You mentioned Nico Collins. I have him fifty five right now. Um, again, I wasn't aware there was a connection there. So we'll see how that plays out. You have Noah Brown, Amari Rogers. The guy I'm really just pulling for though is John Mechie the third. Obviously coming back from cancer, then getting hurt. And then, you know, so I want this kid to do well. He could be that little sneaky play, uh, but I don't have him, of course, right now, 81, because I just don't know. That's why we got our experts in, right? Justin, we'll start with you, though, my friend. What do you say? What do you like in any of these receivers? You're on mute. Sorry. I was like, wait, is he talking? <laughs> You're Justin, <laughs> on mute. <laughs> You're on mute, good sir. <laughs> All right, well, let's go to uh, Jordan first. <laughs> yeah, I guess the sound's not going so well at the Astrodome. Um, this might be the single worst receiving core in the NFL, and I want no part of it. I will say this to to our, our Texans fans down here. I really tried last year, man. I beat the drum so loud for Nico Collins, and I tried to put it into the universe. Never again won't touch it. Uh, I want no part of Noah Brown for obvious reasons. Fade all of them. Don't draft a single wide receiver in this offense. Justin, you got anything nice to say? <laughs> um, Jordan pretty much picked up on all the lip syncing that I was doing over there. He was lip reading <laughs> everything I was saying. Um, yeah, no, I want Nico Collins to go play for a different team because I really liked him coming out of Michigan. I thought he was, you know, I thought he was the bee's knees. I thought he was a good tracker of the football. He's somebody who could be a, a good deep threat. Um, I got him at 55, and fuck if, I'll, if I can find anybody else. I do like John Mechie, like you said. Um, I'm holding on to him, Dynasty, and one guy I'm drafting in all my rookie drafts is Tank Dell because, hell, dude, he was a freaking stat. Uh, he was a stat gobbler at uh, Houston, and I think he could definitely be that in the slot receiver position for the Texans. Also, I've heard – a little bit of good news with Tank Dell coming out of uh, camp as well. So hopefully, fingers crossed, he works out in Dynasty. If not, you know, there's always throwing him to the waiver wires. I don't really care. <laughs> Thanks for that, Justin. All right, let's go to Matt. What do you say? We'll go to you first on this one. What do you like your receivers? Uh, yeah, the, the big question mark is, is can Nico stay healthy? 
Like he was, uh, he was on pace for a breakout year uh, with that with a Davis Mill quarterback throwing twenty times the height of him, overthrowing him. Uh, so now that you got CJ Stroud, yeah, 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 that neck overseat that grab. Uh, now you got CJ Stroud. Uh, hopefully that that helps, but he has to stay healthy. Uh, I agree with Justin. The guy that you have to uh, draft is T- Tank Dell. He's the punt returner. He's the kick returner. And also in that San Francisco offense that Bobby Slow is going to run, a lot of reverses. Uh, I think that's going to be the guy who does it, kind of like a Debo type uh, coming out of the backfield and running back position. So uh, Tank Dell is going to be your Army uh, Swiss Army knife. So that's the guy who I would take. Uh, in the dynasty, VT uh, might back me up on this. Uh, the guy I would I would pick in the dynasty and put him in the taxi squad is Xavier Hutchinson. Uh, the dude's going to be a beast, I think. All right. Well, let's go to VT. What do you say on these receivers? So before I say this, I just want to pref- uh, preface this by saying that's a Nico Collins jersey before he even had his number 12 defined jersey. That's a that's a camp jersey. That's because I watch a lot of Michigan games and thought he was really going to be something his first two years. Um, and I will say this. After prefacing that, don't draft any Texans uh, receivers this year. Um, do not. Uh, the reason is there are just too many questions. Now, in camp, yes, Nico Collins is getting a lot of those targets. But like I said before, there's too many question marks. The Like I said before, on the offensive line, where you have Kenyon Green and Juice Scruggs, if they don't protect C.J. Stroud, the ball's not going to get to him. If you want to pick a receiver, don't pick a receiver. Pick a tight end, get Dalton Schultz. Don't, don't get Nico Collins. In terms of dynasty, I would actually say get Tank Dell. I love Xavier Hutchison. I think that he is is a pickup as well. Uh, he's a six-round six round pick, and he has the size. Uh, he doesn't have the speed, but he has a size in the extension. But one thing you got to remember about Tank Dell is that he can turn on a dime. He can beat six, three dudes, and, and he doesn't beat dudes with his body. He beats them with his speed. So I think that in Dynasty, honestly, if I'm going to pick, I love Xavier Hutchison, but I think Tank Dell is going to get a lot more targets relatively soon compared to Xavier Hutchison. So as far as fantasy, don't draft any Texans receivers except Dalton Schultz as a tight end and Dynasty Tank Dell. I love the insider stuff. Eric, what do you say, my friend? Where you got these guys at? Yeah, I mean, I, I guess I kind of bridge the gap between what everyone said so far. Um, uh, Tank Dell and Hutchinson are both draft and holds in terms of dynasty context. Um, Mechie should have been drafted and held last year. If he's not, he's he's another potential taxi squad guy. You know, kind of going back to my point, we were talking about Stroud. There's a lot of young talent in this wide receiver core. We just need to see who's going to emerge and who can really take on at the NFL level. And when that happens, those guys will be values for years to come, right? In terms of redraft context, I'm actually a bit higher on Nico Collins than anyone who's given a ranking so far. I've got him at 49. I mean, my thing with him, I do have him projected to be the number one wide receiver in the Texans offense, and you're basically getting him in the middle of the 10th round. And that is incredible value, right? So you're not depending on a player like that to participate and to contribute week in and week out. If he does actually live up to his potential, which it all sounds like we believe that he has the skill set to do, then you're getting fantastic value on that. And shout out to shout out to Matt. He talks about Davis Mills and his long ass neck overthrowing Nico Collins left and right. 
Nico Collins was number four in the league last year in true catch rate, which basically is his catch rate, but they remove all of the uncatchable passes. So anything that was within a catchable radius, he caught at the fourth highest rate in the entire NFL. I do think that CJ Stroud will be able to deliver the ball him to him in a more accurate fashion. And in Tank Dell, really more of actually I'll say Tank Dell and John Mechie, more best ball plays, right? Guys that you don't want to have to depend on. Mechie's a field stretcher. We'll see if he gets, you know, a decent amount of run on the field. If he does, he can be that home run hitter. And Tank Dell is so fast out of his cuts and so sharp in his route running. He can definitely leave a couple defenders behind, but you don't want to have to guess which weeks these guys are going to go off. Put them on your best ball roster. When they pop, you'll get the points. You don't have to deal with the headaches when they don't. A hundred percent. All right, well, let's finish things up uh, with the tight end and defense position. Well, let's just let's let's go with the defense real quick. I'm not even really looking at them, although they were 14th um, last year overall in fantasy. I'm just not, you know, again. But as I'm sitting here putting my foot in my mouth as I'm talking, I'm like, well, wait a minute. There might be some matchups, though, as I'm scrolling back. We were talking about their schedule. So there may be some matchups. You might want to stream Texans D. Who knows? But let's just talk about the real deal. Dalton Schultz. We were just sitting here going on and on about the receivers that, you know, were that we're not really sure of. Well, Dalton Schultz, we know, is a decent pass catcher. We know he did well with Dallas, with Dak, when, you know, he was a little bit tapered off last year, but was really good in 2021. I like Dalton Schultz a lot this year. I mean, we're looking for those guys to step up in the tight end position. Um, I mean, I don't I don't like him enough right now because I got him at 13th. So I don't, you know, again, I, I don't know if I'm really loving him. But now that, like I said, I'm sitting here talking out loud about it, we sit here and go on and on about these receivers that, you know, aren't really all that. And then we have this good tight end that, again, a rookie QB loves to go to that tight end spot. So Dalton Schultz could be in a huge play for your fantasy rosters this year. Uh, let's go to you, Jordan, since you're a Dalton Schultz expert. What do you say? Uh, I love me some Dalton Schultz. I've got him as tight end seven. Every time this guy has been on the field and been healthy, he has been that dude and has absolutely produced. The volume's going to be there. He is by far and away the best receiver on this team, in my opinion. He will be that security blanket. As long as he can stay healthy, he's going to dominate. And if he gets injured, that's okay, because I'd probably be looking on the waiver wires anyway for my tight end. Now, um, on the other side of the, the coin, though, the defense, while I'm probably not trying to draft the Texans defense, I like what you said. They've got some matchups that are juicy. And, man, I am very impressed with this secondary. I don't think it's all the way there yet, but I think the Texans are building something, especially on the, the defensive side of the ball. And I know last year when they played the Cowboys, like Jalen Petrie, man, I have never been more impressed with a, a, a safety in a game. Just absolutely lit everybody on that field up. So don't sleep on that kid or that defense. Justin, what say you? Yeah, so I'm not going to touch the Texans' defense. Um, sorry. I know D'Amico's going to be getting them into shape. He's going to get them going. He's This is a team that will probably surprise you with, you know, a couple weeks where it's like, you know, you get a fumble return or you get an interception return has a big week. I just do not want to be the guy who is trying to pick those weeks. And I'm sorry, that's just that's not how I play fantasy. Yeah. I'm not. I like to go with the sure bets. I like to go after a defense that I'm pretty sure can make it through an entire season. 
with, you know, a solid front rather than, oh, yeah, this week Will Anderson got a strip sack touchdown. You know what I mean? So, for me, I like them more as an IDP type of thing. Jalen Petrie was amazing last year for IDP. I think he actually finished number one for safeties, which is crazy because he had, I think, like, what, like 120, 130 tackles? Absolutely mm-hmm. nuts. 90 of um, them against Dallas. Yeah. <laughs> well, C.D. Lamb had to catch, like, 17 passes in that game. So yeah. Somehow. Um and then as far as Dalton Schultz goes, he is 14 for me. So he's essentially the guy that I'll kick the can all the way to the end and draft him at the tight end position. That's just how I feel about him. I think that he's a great tight end. He's, you know, he's the guy. He's Jason Witten incarnate. He's the guy that, you know, can block. He's a good route runner, a good pass catcher, but he's just good at those things. You know, he's not going to have the explosive touchdown season or he's not going to go off for 1,500 yards. So that's just, for me, I'm looking at it like, all right, you know, you'll be good for filling in when I don't want to draft one of the top five tight ends and I just want to kick the can all the way to the end. Well, you could be kicking that can all the way to the title because he could be that guy that no one's really looking at ADP-wise. Could be a great value for your team for sure. VT, what do you say? Yeah, on Dalton Schultz, um, I think he's going to get you seven to eight touchdowns. So um, he's a top 10 tight end all day long. Um, but if I can speak on the defense for a moment, sure. I think you got to play the matchups here. So when the Texans play the Colts, for example, pick, pick the Texan defense. Why? Because they are going to throw some picks. And you got Petrie, Stingley, and Nelson that are going after that. So this is a matchup thing. I, I never play my defense for every single week. It's always changing. I'm picking up a different defense every single week when I play most of my fantasy league. So if you do that, you pay the particular weeks, especially when you go going against rookie quarterbacks. So if you're doing that, I really think that the Texans will have a top five secondary this year. They were basically top 10 last year and top eight in takeaways. And that was with a lovely Smith. Now you bring in Jimmy Ward, you add, you add Shaquille Griffin to that. You add Domenico Ryans as a head coach. And now all of a sudden, all of a sudden, you have a top five secondary. So, yeah, pick your matchups correctly on the defense and stick with Dalton Schultz if you're doing a receiver, as I said before. Don't worry about anyone else. Yeah, I really like Dalton Schultz. Derek Crenshaw also agrees red zone target. That's our boy. That's our coast. Totally with it. All right, Eric, what do you say, my friend? Man, I'm going to have to double down on a lot of what's already been said. I'll start with Dalton Schultz because I think that's the shorter take. Tight end 11 for me. He's fine, right? Like, basically, once you get to tight end seven, from seven to, like, 21, it's all just kind of the same guy, right? So, at that point, you're probably looking at drafting two. You want one guy for upside, uh, David and Joku or Dalton Kincaid, if you feel like rolling the dice, and you want one safe guy. Dalton Schultz is that safe guy, right? You know what you're going to get. Steady Eddie doesn't have a whole lot of upside, but it's fine. It balances out your portfolio. This defense is... I'm way closer to VT's take here. I am one to stream defenses week in and week out, and I'm probably going to find myself streaming this defense several times throughout the season. I also think there's probably going to be a point where they're getting they're going to get a little interesting as a DFS punt play at the defensive position because this secondary smacks. Like Jordan, you you talked about you talked about Petrie just absolutely lighting up the Cowboys. The comp for Petrie is Jimmy Ward, and Jimmy Ward is now a member of this Texans defense. He comes over, he's familiar with the D'Amico Ryan system, and let's not discount how phenomenal a rookie season Derek Stingley had, right? Like, 
awesome in press man coverage, great footwork, can catch up if he needs to, can contest patches. He didn't surrender a single TV TD as a rookie, which is incredibly hard, right? Like this league is built around taking advantage of rookie cornerbacks. And Derek Stingley, while he missed some games when he was out there, he answered the call, right? So obviously they're not going to be the one defense that you draft and you hold on to, but there are going to be plenty of games where this secondary are going to give some average to below average quarterbacks fits. I like it. Love it, actually. All right, what do you say, Matt? Uh, yeah, I'll start off with the defense. Uh, I agree with BT and and Eric um, as, as by weekly basis. Like if, if the Browns with Nick Chubb, don't, don't play them. If you are playing a rung uh, strong team, don't play them because it's still a question mark on the running defense. Don't know if they're going to give up 200 yards a game. So stay away from uh, strong running backs. But on the Dalton Salts, last time uh, a tight end with the Texans that was a red zone target was Owen Daniels, and it was the same system. Uh, I think, uh, uh, like, like, a Derek, uh, like Crenshaw said, red zone target, he's going to eat. I, I think he gets 10 touchdowns this season easily. Um, like Rookie quarterback finds a tight end. So I got him number six. On the tight ends, uh, I think Dalton Saltz is going to surprise many, many people. Ooh, we number six. Oh goodness, that's way up there. All right, well, VT, I didn't get a chance for you to plug yourself in the second segment. You're right, like let everyone know they could follow, subscribe, and get all your great stuff, my friend. No, I appreciate that. Um, on Twitter, you can find me at Brown Chubby Bear, and you can uh, watch the Texas Fan Battle podcast. We stream live Wednesday at 8 p.m. Central. You can find us on YouTube or wherever you get your podcasts from. I mean, I have to say, VT, don't look very chubby, bro. I just, I got to say. I, oh, I, am. I just hide it well. <laughs> don't, let right. cool. don't, don't let him fool you. Don't let him fool you. Don't let him fool you. I got you. All right. Well, listen, we appreciate you guys so much for coming in. Good luck for your to your Houston Texans this season. Uh, definitely, like we mentioned earlier in our show, um, I think you guys at least will be a step up from last year. We'll see um, how far that step takes you. But we appreciate you guys. And tomorrow night, we will be going to Indianapolis and talking about those Colts. So make sure you guys tune in. We appreciate you all, and we are out.